This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. We know that the agricultural industry is responsible for over 470 billion tons of carbon. That's mainly from inappropriate farming and grazing practices. But what about the carbon that comes from transporting all that food from the farm to the marketplace? In our last episode, we learned how some farms like Gotham Greens are tackling the distribution process by growing and transporting their produce more locally. So today we're going to jump from agriculture to transportation and explore how we can reduce our emissions by fixing roads and electrifying vehicles. I'm Talib Vizram, and you are listening to World Changing Ideas, where we investigate how leading innovators are solving our most challenging issues. This season, we're looking exclusively at climate change and what's being done to try and save the world. Global transportation is responsible for 24% of direct CO2 emissions from fuel combustion. The transportation sector in the U.S. is responsible for roughly 29% of greenhouse gas emissions. In addition to continuing emissions from aviation and shipping, vehicles like cars, trucks, and buses account for nearly three quarters of those CO2 emissions. But here's something that doesn't get a whole lot of attention when it comes to transportation emissions, and that's roads. Roads are a vital element that underpin our modern-day transportation system, and they contribute heavily to greenhouse gas emissions. A case study in Costa Rica determined that traditional road construction generates a carbon footprint of over 65 kilos of CO2 per kilometer of road. Here's why. Roads are typically made with a layer of hot mixed asphalt, and the main ingredient is a byproduct of crude oil called bitumen. This blackish-brown, viscous substance winds up contributing almost 40% to the overall greenhouse gas emissions. But before we get too far down the road on that, we're going to hear how the most popular vehicle in the US got an eco-friendly tune-up. Last year, Fast Company senior writer Mark Wilson went to Michigan to see the new electric vehicle from Ford. Here's a snippet of that visit. We're here looking at the F-150 Lightning. I'm with Kenny. I'm the manager of the uh, F-Series trucks, and I was the lucky person that got, got to be able to manage the exterior design on the uh, all-new F-150. So if you don't like it... It's my fault. It's my fault. With the F-150, best-selling vehicle of all time, what is the effect you want the truck to have on someone, like when they see it? Like what is the, what's, the, what's the, sort of the purpose of the design language? So what we wanted to do is make sure that when, when it comes down the road yeah. or, or, is, or you're behind it, that it's definitely an F-150, you don't mistake it. And that's where this bold signature comes in. There's a lot of technologically advanced areas of this vehicle. Sure, and the sure, biggest, sure, sure. The biggest one, I think, is one of the biggest ones is the trunk itself. Or front trunk. The right. front trunk. This is a stock F-150. It has the full engine and everything inside, but obviously electric, you can get rid of all of this stuff. So this is what we're starting with. You clear this out, walk me, show me the trunk. Because we've got that Pro Power on board, we really wanted to be able to use this as a workspace and have it bright mm -hmm. and well lit. Yep, so the Pro Power on board, we've got 2.4 kilowatts of power mm -hmm. available through this unit. And so what that'll allow you to do is you could be working on your laptop and powering your worksite tools. Mm -hmm. Or you could be um, setting up a TV, 
The crock pot. Crock pot right in the, right in the, like, it's like putting the steak on the engine was the old thing. Like now it's like put a crock pot in your frunk. It's actually, you could have a whole buffet in here. It's kind of like hilarious to imagine, but also I'm sure people will do it. And then this is, I mean, this is just a glowing panel on the front. What, you know, I've, I've noticed with electric vehicles, this sort of almost Tron-like lines Correct. have come to sort of define them. Yep. I'm not sure why, like I'm not sure why we're so taken by that, but I still am. Really, we, we wanted to, to give the, um, the modern feel and, and the fact that we had the opportunity because this thing's an electric powerhouse running down the road. So we, we, we could do this and then on the rear as well, um, you know, put that bold signature mm -hmm. around the front and the rear. And then the grill, it's kind of, this is a bit of a facade, right? Because there's not, you, you don't need an air intake in the front That's anymore. correct. On our grills, we start off with these big chunky bars that you'd mm -hmm. see on mm -hmm. a, a more traditional ICE vehicle. Mm -hmm. And that's our sketches initially always start off with big, bold bars. And um, in order to give a more modern feel, we thought, let's rethink this. This is actually not bars anymore. It's not a, uh, a grill. It's, mm -hmm. it's now, it's, it's a trunk uh, lid. So we, we, when we started designing the grills, we, we decided to focus in on the actual signature itself. So this is the part that you see going mm -hmm. down the road, and this, mm -hmm. is, this is a second read. But yeah. uh, the details, if you look up close, when the light hits this, it's, it, they've, we've got a lot yeah, of dimension. It's fascinating, yeah, fascinating, it's right? Fascinated. It's almost like a diamond pattern in Correct. here. Can you define what Ford Tough looks like to me? Like what, like what touches make something Ford Tough? Because even when you start at F-150, I didn't realize this till the other day, it says Ford Tough on there. Like right. it, is a, it is the statement. BFT, and that's every time we start a project, we, are, we always go back to built Ford Tough. So built Ford Tough is, it's first of all, it's made for work. It's okay. made for work, but now the, the, the trucks have become so advanced that people are finding out that not only do I still use it for work, but I, it's so nice now that I can use it as my main car. Right, right, exactly. So I use it for going on vacation. You know, we go out to dinner and it's like, these things are as lux luxurious as premium right. car, uh, automobiles. Now, obviously we can't stop at vehicle production. Building roads is a major source of carbon emissions too. When we come back, I'll talk with someone who came up with a way to make new roads more sustainable by crushing up old ones. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. My guest today is Harkon Brunel. He's the co-founder of Carbon Crusher, a road tech company that builds carbon negative roads. For Brunel, the wake up call was when he was out of commission because of an injury. He realized he no longer wanted to work for major oil companies. So he started investing in sustainability tech companies. That's when he decided to team up with his co-founders Christopher Royal and Hans Arne to tackle an area that's often overlooked as a climate change solution. We had 80, 90 different ideas that we were pondering through when we were looking at which sort of climate tech idea to go with at the, at the get-go. The more we got into it and the more we understood the effect that we could have here with the carbon crusher, the more we kind of got interested into, into the whole space. So, you know, 
we have covered the planet with 44 million miles of roads. It's like blood veins covering the planet, right? And it's just gray veins covering our planet. A lot of surface lying there. And all the surface today, I mean, there hasn't been any innovation to speak of since Roman ages almost, right? And the potential is just huge. So at the base right now, it's like a kinder egg. It's cheaper, it's better, and it's carbon negative. For those of you who aren't familiar with what a kinder egg is, and I grew up eating them as a kid in the UK, and this is really the first time I've thought about them since. It's a candy made for children with milk chocolate on the outside, white chocolate in the inside, and then a gift that comes inside too. A three-in-one kind of deal. And it's also not only that, but we're using this as a first product into a basically suite of what we see. We're working on hardware improvements, a range of hardware improvements, software sensor improvements. We're working on complementary software. We call it Skyroads to analyze road health before and after and during we, we get in. And also, you know, a lot of improvements on the bio binder and also the other types of road tech that we can complement our refurbishment technology with. So all this just makes us super excited. It's like, it's a super hard thing to do because we have to do software, hardware and bio and also convince the conservative industry. But the good thing is that we have something right now which is working and we are out there crushing roads now, basically taking carbon out of the atmosphere and then we can use that as a basis to, to build on top of. So, you know, the combination of that was what excites us and now we become, you know, road tech champions. And these road tech champions set themselves apart from traditional road construction companies by using a green carbon binder called lignin. This is a byproduct of paper production that can be found in trees. So this binding material, it's called, it's called lignin, yeah, is that right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. I mean, there's basically two parts to what we do, right? So, so number one is that we, we crush and then re reuse all the road materials to make up the new, you know, the, the new refurbished roads. So we always work with refurbishing roads. When, when, when we are doing that, we, we basically get a lot of fine gravel that we need to stabilize. And normally you would stabilize that mass with bitumen, which is basically heavy oil. And what we do is we use our, our green carbon binder, which is based on lignin. The great thing about that is that it has dynamic properties that are helps on the durability side for the roads. So you actually get more durable, you know, better roads. Uh, it also has a cost advantage that happens to be you know, cheaper than, than uh, the bitumen. And finally, most importantly for us is that it's basically then we're using then the tree's carbon capture effect. So basically all the carbon that the trees have sucked up over the lifetime, we're putting that to good use in roads. So in a close you know, environment, then you know, that brings our roads from quite emitting process to you know, almost neutral due to the crushing effect and then negative due to the binder. Brunel says the company aims to switch from diesel fuel to hydrogen or electricity to power their eight-ton device that they mount on top of a John Deere tractor. That would be the last piece in completely eliminating any carbon emissions. The improvements that we want to make, our goal is to you know, be in the hundreds of thousands of tons in not that many years and, and, and then you know, into the millions of tons and unlock a gigaton potential for roads globally. That, that's kind of where we want to go. And we're not saying that we will take all of that, but if if we can be like Tesla for roads and make people understand that there's a new way to do this and we can be a front runner and that would be a good thing for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest, I don't often think much about, you know, who's building roads, how they're being built. So who are your clients? Are, are you working with the Norwegian government? Um, who, whose roads are these? You know, that's all the, the good things about good and bad thing about our industry is that there are terrible roads everywhere. 
there's a huge road uh, infrastructure depth infrastructure lag globally and there are huge plans you know with the Biden administration plan in the US you have similar plans in the EU you have basically infrastructure improvement is top of the agenda almost everywhere and you know there, there's enough roads so for us it's more like where do you have road owners that are right now sort of willing to use a new method because we are a new method so even though you know we can we can say that we're cheaper and better and carbon negative it requires a shift for for the customer so for us it's you know we, we work with public road owners we work with third parties so basically construction companies that already have contracts and we come in as a subcontractor and we also work with private uh, road owners um so industrial road owners and, and for all of them it's if you have a road you need repair and you're ready to go then then we are there and, and that's kind of how we are picking our first customers we already had 23 customers last year so you know we had 1.5 million us revenue last year and we're up 70 percent so far this year in, in confirmed deals that will come so it's a nice nice base and growing and we hope that there will be more soon because the planet needs it So you're in in Norway right now. Are you expanding at all? You know, and and could this could this work in the US? We have been on the Norway so far, but then we just started to you know look around and we we got some extremely positive response in Northern Europe. So so we started scaling up there first. So uh, you know already this year we are, we have um, contracts that are you know similar size to all of what we had in Norway last year in Northern Europe in the Baltics and and also in in Poland uh, we're, we're starting it now. So and the US, we're, we're going to go on there now. We have an amazing group of investors back us and we're, we're really ready to go. And honestly, I mean, the, the world is our oyster. There's roads everywhere and we can be basically everywhere in uh, within the next year if, if there are roads already. We just need to be smart about how we scale. I'm speaking from US experience. Um, you know, often there are broken roads, um, just bad roads everywhere. And it takes a long time before anything gets fixed because of, you know, government stalling and, and that kind of thing. Could your product actually quicken things up because of the advantages that you, um, that you offer? So, yeah, definitely. And it's um, something our, our customers appreciate, something, you know, with baby steps for, for many years. And then, you know, you have done some important improvements changes to the hardware along the way to the process along the way and, and this takes time it's kind of you know it's roads right so now we kind of are at a breaking point where our process and technology is ready and also you know the market is ready i mean 10 plus years ago people didn't care that much about honest i mean sad to say right but even sdgs and esgs were really not only spoken of in sort of niche boardrooms and executive rooms uh, five years ago and now it's on everyone's lips so it's also you know a combination of we now being ready and the market being ready at least we hope so and uh, you know so far so good at the core it's kind of you know our vision is to move the planet from gray to green and our mission is to you know make better roads that also are carbon negative and use the biosphere, basically use the planet's own means to heal the atmosphere, to heal our planet. And finally, to inspire things, inspire minds to think in new ways, you know, about, about the climate challenge, since roads are so visible and people, everyone can relate to it. Transportation drives development by enabling trade, tourism, and economic growth across the globe. It also allows people to access jobs, services, education, and the interactions that help create fulfilled lives. 
This is why it's critical to start applying more sustainable practices to road construction and other sectors within the transportation industry. That's all for our show today. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to World Changing Ideas wherever you find your podcasts. If you like this episode, leave us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Today's episode was produced by Avery Miles. Fast Company podcasts are produced by Avery Miles and Blake Odom. Editing and sound design by Nicholas Torres. Executive producer is Joshua Christensen. Editorial oversight from Deputy Editor Kate Davis and Senior VP of Entertainment Scott Meebus.